0: You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to episode number three of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott, and I have the privilege of serving alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. I'll be the host of this podcast that we are praying helps you lead wherever God has you like never before. We're going to have some awesome content today, and I, of course, am joined right here by my pastor, Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing great, Scott. Beautiful day in Las Vegas,
0: sunshine, and nothing to complain about. Last week, we were in uh, Toronto. It was a lot different weather than it is today
1: in Las Vegas. Very different, man. We almost got snowed in in the airport there. Uh, Lots of snow, but great time there in Toronto with Harvest Oakville and Pastor Robbie Simons. Yeah. So today,
0: we're going to jump into some more solid content about life and leadership. And uh, I want to jump right into our conversation. And to do that, I'd love to start, Vance, by sharing with our leaders a practice that you've shared with our staff and our, our church as it relates to your God time, time spent daily alone in fellowship with God, something you've done for years and years and years that's been crucial for you as a Jesus follower and as a leader. Tell our leaders what uh, what that is.
1: Yes, Scott, early on when I began to walk with the Lord, uh, someone took the time to sit me down and teach me a principle that forever changed my life, and I'm so glad they did. I don't even remember who it was, but uh, they taught me this principle that the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. And they, they instructed me to begin to daily read as a part of my God time, my time alone with the Lord daily, to just read the proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. Uh, for example, if today's the 15th, then you would read the 15th proverb because most months have 30, 31 days. And so just every day you begin to read the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs really is a book that teaches us the wisdom of, of God, It's a book that's written from the perspective of a father speaking into the life of his son, predominantly except for Proverbs 31, which is really the perspective of a godly mom speaking to her son. But this book is written to give us wisdom, the wisdom of God. And I think wisdom is really the ability to begin to see life from God's perspective. And so the more you read the book of Proverbs, and that just became a practice for me that I've carried now for over 25 years of walking with the Lord. And I won't say that I do it every single day, but the norm of my God time is that it includes a reading of the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. And early on in my my ministry and, and leadership life, uh, people would say things like, man, you're really wise beyond your years. Um... And I think one of the reasons that I would hear that kind of a statement is because of this principle of just week after week, month after month, daily gleaning wisdom. And I have learned so much from the book of Proverbs that's just practical, everyday wisdom that you can use in your life and in your leadership.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have too adopted that into my life. And, and it's amazing how God speaks daily just through the proverb of the day. And you've shared with us a hope that out of your regular rhythm of spending time in the book of Proverbs, God has spoken innumerable things into your life as a husband, a father, a friend, a pastor, and a leader. And today, that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna look at a specific uh, proverb that you read one morning that you just started jotting some things down and really look at the, the the Proverbs chapter 30 and see four characteristics of wise leaders. And so I don't know if we'll get through all of them in this episode, um, but just some awesome, awesome things and characteristics of wise leaders that you found as God was just pouring into you out of Proverbs chapter 30. So let's go ahead and jump in. Go ahead and read Proverbs 30, uh 24 through 29, those verses, and and we'll jump in uh, for our leaders today.
1: Sure thing, Scott. Yeah, one morning I was just, uh, and again, these are proverbs that I've read over and over and over again. And what, what never ceases to amaze me is how you can read the same proverb over and over and over again. And it's like uh, every morning it's brand new, that, that, that the wisdom of God begins to speak. If you were to look at my Bible and you just go around the margins in Proverbs, I just have a thousand of these wisdom statements. Wisdom does this. Wisdom says this. Wisdom looks this way. And one morning, like you said, I was reading on the 30th of the month out of Proverbs chapter 30, these verses. The writer of Proverbs in chapter 30, verse 24 says, Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise.'" The ants are not a strong people, but they, are, they prepare their food in the summer. The Shephanim are not mighty people, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard you may grasp with your hands, yet it is in king's palaces." And just to be really honest, Scott, that's one of those proverbs that for years and years and years, I read over it and read over it and read over it and nothing. Just I mean, I just didn't get it. It just didn't click for me. And then finally, I saw that proverb through the paradigm of leadership. And when you see it that way, you see some really incredible principles uh, that apply to the subject of leadership. For example, He's talking about these these small things, these small creatures on the earth. And the first one that he mentions are the ants. And he says that the ants, they're not a very strong people, but they prepare their food in summer. And I wrote this down that morning, that wise leaders plan ahead. That's really the principle of the ant. They prepare beforehand. It says they prepare their food in summer. And the word prepare, it's a Hebrew word that means to make ready. It means to equip in advance for a, for, for a particular purpose. And what the writer of Proverbs is, he watched the ants. And I'm just imagining, you know, the Holy Spirit of God inspiring this writer to write this down. And the writer's just watching these ants and how they are making preparations for the future, knowing that they have to be ready when the time comes. And there's a leadership principle there, and it is that wise leaders plan ahead. The bottom line is that as leaders, nothing will frustrate the people that you're leading more than a leader without a plan. If you don't have a plan, if you don't know what you're doing, and we've heard it said many times, but I don't know who said it first. But if you fail to plan, you really do plan to fail. If you don't have a plan in place that you're executing, if you don't have a plan that you're following, then you're really planning to fail. And when I talk about planning, I don't mean that we get to the place that we have such a plan in place that we never deviate from that. Obviously, we're, we're to plan in dependence on the Holy Spirit of God. It doesn't matter if you're leading in a church or if you're leading in a school or if you're leading in government or in business. Um, you should have a plan that the scripture says the wise thing to do is to have a plan. That's biblical wisdom. But in having that plan, I'm to hold it loosely in submission to the moment-by-moment leadership of the Holy Spirit of God because He can and sometimes does change the plan. And when the Spirit of God changes the plan, it's okay to submit to Him and follow His leadership. Now, in making the plan, part of that process should be seeking the Lord. It should be praying. It should be hearing from God about what the plan's to be. But then once you get that plan in place, you begin to execute the plan, but you hold it loosely, trusting that the Holy Spirit of God can change and 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 adjust that plan as he sees fit. And you see that oftentimes in the life of Jesus. There are many times that Jesus had a plan. He was, the Bible would say, going from this place to this place, or he was getting in this boat to go over there. And in the on the in the middle of the, the journey, while he was executing the plan the plan would get changed and it what looked like an interruption to us became a part of the new plan for that day in following the leadership of the spirit so we have a plan but we hold it loosely trusting that he can deviate and change that plan as he chooses to
0: yeah that's awesome and obviously that could you know that could be about big huge life plans but it's also in small things like i'm thinking of this weekend um we have four services at hope and um the first two services were great and god was honored and glorified but there was something at the 11:30 service Multiple people felt it. There was just a spirit in the room of just joy and God was doing something special. And where you normally would come up and begin the service and welcome people, uh, you came up and said, God's doing something we are just experiencing his presence right now. Let's keep singing that song. And so that was one area where we had a plan. We had a plan in Planning Center of, you know, that's the, that's the program that we use to map out our services. A lot of churches use that. Um, but we just all felt there's something going on right now and God's just moving in this time of worship. And so we just changed the plan in the moment depending on, on God's spirit. So that's just one small example of how we have a plan, but that plan is submitting to him and his sovereignty and whatever he might want to do. What else on this idea of wise leaders planning ahead? Uh, do you see kind of in that Proverbs chapter
1: thirty? Well, Scott, I think what you said is so true. I think we this idea of planning ahead—it's it's the small things, but it's also the big things. It's it's about having a plan uh, as a leader, and I would I would encourage every leader that's listening to this to evaluate your week. Uh, how much time do you spend in your week looking at your schedule? How much time do you spend planning? How much time do you spend executing the plan? And then how much time do you spend responding to things that arise while you're executing the plan? Now, planning may not take the most time when you look at your schedule, but it should get the most priority. We should make sure that we're establishing priority time every week. Probably execution of the plan is going to take more time than planning. But in, in, in being a wise leader, it's important that we give priority to making sure we have the plan. Uh, another example of this in, in the life of our church and how, how I lead is something that we do every year. This year, for example, it'll be called Project 19 as we're looking ahead to 2019, um, and in preparing. Uh, the, the, the strategic ministry plan for our church, we allow all the leaders on our team, both volunteer and staff, to go through this Project 19 process. And when we do that, uh, there's a filter that we use to, to run everything through as we're planning. It's a fourfold filter. Um, and the fourfold filter is really this. First of all, we want to make sure that everything that we're making a part of our plan is God-initiated. And that really answers this question. Is there a sense among your team that this is God's clear direction? So here's what that means. If you're if you're really planning wisely as a leader, again, you don't have to be in a church context. Regardless of where you are, you should make sure that your plan starts in you hearing from God clearly. How is God leading you? What's on the horizon? How is the Holy Spirit directing you as a leader? Uh, to, to use your influence. what What is he saying and, and how is he directing? So is it God initiated? Here's the second part of that filter is, is vision. And here's what that means. Is, is this in alignment with our vision frame, who we are as a church, our mission, our values, our strategy, and our measures? And so when I'm thinking about a plan, I want to know that I'm hearing this from God, but then secondly, that it's consistent with the mission and the vision and the values of Of the organization in my case the church that that I'm leading number three is our financial plan Uh, can this plan that we're exit that we're, we're writing down we're coming up with can this plan take place within our current financial plan our overall budget and then fourth and finally is life balance is this plan sustainable from a spiritual physical and family standpoint and so when I'm thinking about planning as a leader Um, I think it's important to run it through that fourfold filter. Am I hearing this from God? Is God directing and leading this? Or is this just something I'm coming up with? And that's really a, a mistake we often make in planning, Scott, is one of the things we do is we come up with a plan and then we ask God to bless it. But what we really should do is hear from God first and start in prayer and let God speak to us as leaders about what the plan is. And then after we know we've heard clearly from God about this, we need to make sure that it fits within the vision of of who we are as an organization. Is 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 there vision and mission alignment? And then is this feasible within the current financial situation that we have? And then finally, is this sustainable with my physical, spiritual, and family life balance? Can I do this and be a good steward of my own health physically and spiritually and the health of my family? And so that's all a part of this planning process, being a wise planner.
0: That's awesome. Another thing I thought of as you were just talking is, uh, this is specifically maybe for pastors and leaders in the church, but uh, one of the ways I see at Hope that we uh, use wisdom in planning ahead is in our teaching team. Uh, We have a, a team of people, five or six of us, every single Tuesday morning that get into a room and not only plan for the weekend ahead, but we really look at the entire year of what we're teaching our people at Hope Um, So for maybe some of our leaders and our pastors, how would you speak as the primary communicator at Hope? How has that not only shown wisdom for our church, but also just for you as the primary leader? How has that helped you to not only, it's not every week you're going in on a Wednesday thinking, what am I preaching? You know, it's, we have a plan that we have, again, submitted to the Lord. We're asking him to change it as he wishes, but... We have a plan for the next year or two years of what we're teaching, and we have a team of people that kind of shoulder that burden with you. How has that helped you as a primary communicator, specifically for our pastors and leaders that are
1: listening? Yes, yeah, Scott. What you're talking about there is, is the process that our teaching team uses um, to plan our annual preaching calendar. I think Acts 6-4 teaches that uh, for pastors, they, they have two real primary responsibilities, and it's prayer and the ministry of the Word. We're to lead the church in dependence upon God in prayer, both privately and corporately, and we're to lead the church through the teaching of the Word of God. And so, at Hope, we take that real seriously. And and part of the one of the ways we demonstrate that is by uh, the process of planning that our teaching team does. And we we really approach planning from 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 four levels. We have a kind of a thirty thousand foot level where we kind of look out over the course of an entire year and determine where we think God's leading us as a church, whether that's into a book study, which is most of the time what we're doing is teaching through a book of the Bible. We'll decide, okay, this book of the Bible is where we sense God's leading us to go for this next year. Or there are this book of the Bible and then these topical series or whatever that we're going to be doing. So that's kind of the 30,000-foot view. We'll look over the course of a year, and we have an idea of where we're going to go. And then we come in at kind of the 10,000-foot level, and we take that book study that we're going to walk through over the course of a year. For example, last year, most of our year was spent in the book of 1 John. So we would have gone away at that 10,000-foot mark, and and our team together would have established series within the book of 1 John. We'll map out 1 John over the course of the year, determining uh, where the, 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 the pericopes of Scripture kind of break down, and what the topics are that are addressed through the book. And we'll kind of break that down into four, five, six, eight, ten, however many series that will be required to let us navigate through that particular book of the Bible. Um, And then we come down into what we call the thousand-foot level, where we meet weekly, and we look two weeks out at a time. And so we've already gotten this broken down over the course of a year. We've got it broken down by text, by week. And then we come in, and we start digging into that particular passage of Scripture so that we know for the next couple of weeks— this is kind of the big ideas that we're going to be teaching out of scripture. Um, and then it, it gets to that individual to then take that content, whoever's teaching that week at our church, and to to get before the Lord. But we've given them the macro. Here's where we're going for the year. Here's kind of where this series falls over the next four to six weeks. Here's what the next two weeks looks like. Um, but then this is a great place to point out. We do that, but we hold it very loosely, uh, independence on the Holy Spirit of God last fall in las vegas we were in the middle of a series that we were walking through as a church and october one happened in our city the tragedy that shook the nation when the shooting took place at mandalay bay at that concert and so we obviously didn't stick to the plan that we had laid out we inserted a couple of weeks uh, from the scriptures teaching based on what had happened in our city so it's an example of where you have a plan Uh, You work with others to establish that plan, but then you hold that plan loosely, uh, trusting that the Spirit of God can direct you wherever He wants to. And so in that moment, we felt like, hey, it's time to deviate from the plan, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, deal with this issue of tragedy and where tragedy comes from and how that fits into the sovereign plan of God, and also what it looks like to then love your neighbor and to wrap our arms around our city. So have a plan, but hold it loosely. That's
0: awesome. So if you're taking notes, that's the first principle today. Wise leaders plan ahead. Let's go ahead and jump to the second one, Vince.
1: Sure. Uh, the second one deals with um, this, uh, what what really are badgers, <laughs> the little animal that the, the the writer of Proverbs would have been watching. And the, the writer of Proverbs describes how the badgers, they're not a mighty people, but they make their houses in the rocks. And he's talking about how they strategically uh, built the places where they were going to live because they weren't, I mean, badgers, they don't have big weapons. They're not, they're not large animals. They, they can easily be overtaken by others. So they have to be real strategic in where they put their homes and where they live. And so he's talking here, I think, not just about what we talked about with the ants, that wise leaders plan ahead, but that wise leaders think strategically. And so once you have a plan in place, you then need to think strategically about how to execute that plan. And I think it's important that every, every organization understands their mission. We all need to know what our mission is because mission then leads to process. Mission leads to strategy. Once we have our mission in place, and what's unfortunate is, Scott, oftentimes in thinking about planning, people establish this idea of a mission, but then mission statements become nothing more than a, a nice picture on the wall and nobody pays attention to it after it's stuck up on the wall. But we have a mission so that we understand how to then develop strategy to help us accomplish the mission that we have. At Hope Church, we have a very clearly defined mission, and it's our mission that then has given us a strategy to execute the mission. And once you have that strategy in place, then strategy determines today's action. Because today, I need to take whatever steps are laid out to accomplish the strategy that will ultimately fulfill the mission and it's very important that we all understand regardless of what kind of leader you are and what area of influence you you provide leadership in you need to know what your mission is and then you need to develop a strategy to come out of that mission and 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 don't miss this let me just say it again this is rooted and grounded in biblical wisdom these aren't leadership principles. This is the book of Proverbs that God gave us to glean wisdom. And so we're talking about as a leader following a biblical paradigm of leadership that is wisely developing plans and then wisely thinking strategically about how to execute those plans.
0: That's awesome. You mentioned we have a very specific mission at Hope, a very clear mission at Hope. Unpack that for our leaders, just to kind of give them an example of, of how we've seen this idea of wise leaders thinking strategically kind of play out.
1: Yeah, at Hope, our mission is really succinct. It simply is to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. Um, it's really our way to say the Great Commission when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. Well, for us, that's connecting people to live the life of a Jesus follower. Um, As you study the Gospels, uh, looking at the life of Christ, we have a fundamental conviction at Hope that uh, the Christian life is not you and me living for Jesus, but it's Jesus living His life in and through us. Um, And if that's the case, then we need to understand what His life looked like. So we took a year, we studied the Gospels, and we determined that the life of Jesus could really be summarized into three relationships, Jesus and His relationship to the Father, Jesus and his relationship to the disciples and Jesus and his relationship to the unbelieving world. Every story in the Gospels can really drop into one of those three boxes. Jesus and the Father, Jesus and the disciples, or Jesus and unbelievers. Um, And if that's who Jesus is and that's how he lived then, what's it going to look like for him to live his life in and through us now? Well, it's going to be the same. It's going to be relationship with God first and foremost. We live our lives out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. Secondly, a relationship with other disciples, believers, and community. And then third, uh, a relationship with people that don't know God at all. So if that's what a Jesus follower is, that, that relationship with God, relationship with other believers, and relationship with the world, the words we use at Hope are abide, connect, and share. Abiding in Christ, connecting in community, sharing in the mission. That's what the life of Jesus looked like. So we exist to connect people to do that, to connect people, to live the life of a Jesus follower. Well, what does that mean? To abide in Christ personally and daily, to connect in community and large group and small group, and to share in the mission locally and globally. That's our mission, to to make disciples, to connect people, to live the life of a Jesus follower. And so that means that everything we're about at Hope Church should be to the accomplishment of that mission. Uh, Nike is an organization that I talk about sometimes and when I'm talking to our team, and I'll say, you know, Nike doesn't make popcorn. And the reason is because Nike's mission is very clear and it does not include the step of making popcorn. And what's unfortunate is in the church in particular, there are a lot of organizations that have experienced mission drift and they got a thousand good things going on, but they're not accomplishing the mission that Jesus gave us. And that gets to this idea of thinking strategically. I've got to make sure that what the strategy is that we have laid out is helping us to accomplish the mission that Jesus gave us.
0: Yeah, so you, you mentioned that our mission is to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. That is the bullseye. Um, what is our strategy to get people there? A few years ago, we, we really reevaluated this, and we really came up with a clear fourfold strategy as we make disciples and connect people to live the life of the Jesus follower in four ways. What, what is that for, our, for the people that are listening, just to kind of give them an idea of this idea of thinking strategically?
1: Yeah, so we have the clear mission connect people, to live the life of Jesus follower. We know what that looks like. It's abiding in Christ, connecting in community, and sharing in the mission. So then how do we do that? Well, we, we understood that following Jesus is all about relationships. So we asked this question, how do you cultivate relationships? And there's really only one word that answers that question, and it's the word time. And so we begin to look at the scriptures and say, how did Jesus command us to invest our time to grow these relationships with God, with one another, and with the world. And we established a fourfold strategy to, to carry out our mission. And we call it simply God time, gather time, group time, and go time. God time is time alone daily with the Father. That every person that's a follower of Jesus needs time alone daily with the Father, living their lives out of the overflow of intimacy with God. Number two, they need gather time. They need to gather in together with other believers for worship and the word of God. They need group time, time in community, enjoying fellowship and sharing and doing life together. And then we need go time, time invested crossing cultures with the gospel to take the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And so at Hope, what we've done is we've established that fourfold strategy to carry out our mission. So here's how we use that thinking strategically. We evaluate everything we do at our church through that fourfold strategy. How does this activity in particular help us accomplish our mission? How is this activity? If somebody has an idea, let's do this. How does this fit our fourfold strategy? And if it doesn't fulfill our fourfold strategy and help us accomplish our mission, we simply do not do it. What we do at Hope is to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower, which is abiding in Christ, connecting in community, sharing in the mission. We do that by leading people to choose to invest their time in God time, gather time, group time, go time. And everything we do runs through that filters of fellowship.
0: That's great, this has been awesome content. Like I said, if you're taking notes, out of Proverbs chapter 30, we've seen that wise leaders plan ahead. And secondly, we've seen wise leaders think strategically. We do have two more, we are out of time for today, but we uh, can't wait for next month to unpack these for you, these other two principles out of Proverbs 30. And just before we go, I want to just say thank you to our listeners. We've gained a lot of listeners over the last couple months, and we just want to say thank you for tuning in and uh, for listening to us talk about leadership. Uh, And if you've liked what you heard, we encourage you to share it on social media. Uh, Also, if you rate and review our podcast, it really helps get the word out and hopefully reach more leaders to get in on God's activity wherever he has them leading. So Vance, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for how you lead, and uh, we appreciate just your time today.
1: Excited to be here, man. Honored to do it. And like you said, really grateful for those that are tuning in. Absolutely.
0: So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next month to unpack these other two principles out of Proverbs 30. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.